You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Welcome to In the Key of Change Chats. Today's chat is with the Amity Affliction from Ramshead Live. Let's give it a listen because it's time for a change. This is Jackie and I'm here with Aaron. We are here at Ramshead Live, which I hear you're a fan of Baltimore. You're a fan of like the sports of Baltimore, which even people who live in Baltimore don't always admit to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're here for the Amity Affliction and Census Fail. So what, what is it about Baltimore sports that draws you? Because I'm very curious as someone who is not local to the area. Right. So yeah, I've always been a big fan of uh, baseball in general, ever since I saw Major League when I was like, you know, seven or eight years old. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up loving the Indians and then kind of, I, I wanted to play baseball, but I, I didn't like the, the tight pants they wore. And, you know, look at me now. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so, and then when we first came over uh, to record Youngbloods in 2010, I was like, I'm going to pick the worst team because we went to City Field and, and I wanted to, you know, pick a team and, and uh, follow baseball properly. And uh, I found out that the O's in 2009 were the, the worst team in the league. So I was like, I'm going to choose the underdog. And also I was a big fan of The Wire at the time, the show. And because of Stringer Bell, my friends started calling me String. And yeah, it just kind of stuck. And I was like, hell yeah, Baltimore's hard. So I, I'll, I'll back the team. And then, you know, we started doing pretty good in 2012 and 2014. And then it all just fell to shit again. So you know. That's a very Baltimore thing. We there's there's like hope, and then yeah, yeah not so much. Yeah, I, but I appreciate that that you that you root for the underdog. I think oh, that's, that's good. A very Australian thing to do. We always root for the underdog. Like that. Any baseball tattoos? Yeah, I've got a and the O's logo here. My fans are already destroyed. I got another one here. A few O's tattoos. Have you ever gotten any tattoos in Baltimore from an artist? In Baltimore, no. But I know there is a lot of good uh, talent out here. I've, I follow a lot of people from Baltimore. Uh, I think. Uh, What's his name? <clears throat> Someone from D.C. that's really famous. Uh, Chad Koplinger. Okay. He's, he's one of my favorites as well. I think the Baltimore Tattoo Convention was maybe a couple of weeks ago. So you got to time the tour a little bit better next time around. Oh, yeah. Usually we have, you know, somehow just luckily we have lined up games on, on show days. But this time, not a single game has like lined up with, you know, our shows. Yeah. But yeah. Fucking Ravens. Yeah. Blame you for losing it in the playoffs. Good job. But let's let's talk about you and your band. Uh, the Amity Affliction has been going strong despite lineup changes for over 15 years now. What do you attribute to your band's longevity? I actually kind of answered this question the other day. Uh, I think when we started, like, like a screamo was just kind of taking off. And we, when we were, you know, I was 17 and we started the band. And we were listening to bands like Atreyu and Poison the Well and, you know, that's when we went from like punk rock to, you know, this kind of music. And I don't know, it was like kind of a flash in the pan 
in a way, like it was a few years of that music was really big and then it kind of died out. But we just kept doing it the whole time and just touring Australia for like five or six years. And then all of a sudden when it, you know, did a whole you know, 360 and it was back in fashion and popular again. And yeah, we just kind of took it from there and, and, and ran with it and just kept doing the same thing we've always been doing. And luckily for us, people started listening and yeah. The rest is history. What is it about the genre, do you think? Like punk and hardcore bands, there's a lot of bands that have been around for 10 years or more versus like pop, for whatever reason, you've got a lot of turnover. What do you think it is about the genre that kind of keeps fans coming back over and over? I guess, you know, the message definitely, like Joel's lyrics are a huge part of our success. And I think, you know, people being able to relate to lyrics uh, is a huge thing in music. Like for me, you know, I've I've never really been a, a huge fan of lyrics. Like I, I appreciate good lyrics, but for me, it's all about the music. And I think when you combine those two together and just write songs that you... Uh, you know, feel passionate about write songs that you want to hear and then couple them with meaningful lyrics and you have a really meaningful song. And I think this genre of music is, you know, very passionate and just kind of pour your heart out, let your aggression out, all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, the heavier the music, the more powerful it is kind of thing. And, you know, the, and, you know, the sadder it is or whatever. But uh, yeah, I think it's just a very a passionate genre of music. I would agree with that. And your new music, uh, Misery, came out uh, over the summer. How is it different from Severed Ties? I mean, Severed Ties was our first album, so we don't really, we didn't really know what we were doing per se back then. We were just kind of like, we'd write a song about, yep, that's it. So, you know, nowadays we'll write, you know, 20 something songs and pick the best ones. But back then, if someone had a song, we'd be like, all right, that's going on the album, no matter what. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so now we're kind of, you know, perfectionists if you will we really want to make sure every album is the you know the best album we've ever done so we're you're really uh you know finicky about how we create our music now as opposed to when we were kids you know, you know messing around pretty much you, you get a little bit older you get a little bit wiser exactly. if you can help um why was it so important to change things up and attack the, the songwriting and the, and the music this time around in a different way and how do you notice it has helped for this um, time I think, yeah, for us, we, we kind of got a lot of criticism for the last few albums being the same. And although I, we disagree with that, we can see why people would, you know, kind of say those things. So we really wanted to not only just prove to everyone that we can do other kind of stuff, we really wanted to try it as well and just push ourselves and see, you know, what kind of stuff we can do. Like, let's just try anything we want to do. And I think that definitely shows in, in the new album and we... We wanted every song to sound different, like as different as possible. So we didn't want just, you know, all bangers. We wanted to have slow points in the record and, you know, fast points and uh, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, just being as diverse as possible and just trying anything we, we, we wanted to do. Yeah. So I've asked this question uh, to Under Oath and Atreyu, who you mentioned recently. Um, they sort of undergone recently uh, a purposeful change in sound, not drastically, at least in my opinion, but... Um, and both had kind of dealt with some backlash uh, because of it. So now that you're five months away from releasing the album, how do you feel that the album's been received now by fans? Uh, I mean, we were very optimistic and scared at the same time because we are always, you know, our biggest flag flies. Like we would never put out something that we didn't like. So we were all very uh, hyped on the, the new direction we took. And obviously there's always going to be some naysayers and, and stuff, but, you know, any publicity is good publicity in my opinion. Smart. But it was like, you know, very different to, 
you know, the way Let the Ocean Take Me was received, I think that was kind of our breakthrough album and everyone loved it. And it wasn't many people going, this sucks or whatever. But this time there's a lot of people doing that. But I mean, you know, we turn up to Baltimore and we've got a sold out show tonight. So, I mean, it's always the vocal minority who are the, the naysayers. And, and those are the ones who are trying to get you under your skin. They're probably not even a fan of your band in the you know, to begin with. But, uh, you know, it's funny you say that, like, uh, Under Oath recorded their record at the same place we did with Matt Squire, who's coming tonight. And, you know, we recorded in uh, uh, Beltsville, which is was good for me. I got to go to opening day and stuff. Um, but, yeah, honestly, like, we we just we don't really care about the, the, the flack we get. We, we just want to try and do us. We don't want to alienate older fans as well but we just want to try to make new and and you know exciting music and not just rehash old albums and you know just 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 try and do the best we can so now how do you go about choosing your set list now when you have such a big catalog honestly we just go on spotify and just look at what everyone's listening to so if anyone wants to hear something you gotta just listen to it on repeat but uh yeah so that's honestly how we've always done it we just want to please the majority of the crowd because we have played old songs before and and you know a lot of the times they do fall on deaf ears because no one knows them and it sucks for us because we're just playing an old song to please older fans but we don't enjoy playing old stuff either because we've done that for so many years already but yeah honestly we just go on apple music spotify youtube see what the most popular songs are and just play them what other role do you see uh, music streaming having, in, especially in 2019, in your career? Um, I mean, it's really accessible. It's super easy. I mean, you know, I have a Spotify account and I don't buy CDs or anything anymore. I think it's going to be a thing of the past by the time we, you know, re- release our next album. So I think it's, it's great for everyone. Uh, I don't really know. It's, it's so early in the, the days of this that we don't, you know, know anything about royalties yet or, you know, you know, but that's, that's, yeah, for real. So I know it's just like a, a fraction of a cent per thousand plays or something. So there's no money in the record industry anymore like there used to be, but, you know, we've never seen any of that anyway. But yeah, I think it's, it's great because you can literally listen to anything you want, you know, on your, on your phone at the tip of your fingers. So it is good. I mean, especially when everyone has an account, that's definitely beneficial. Um, so Spotify, you mentioned YouTube as well. And music videos are important uh, as well to kind of get your face out there. Uh, many artists use their different social media platforms and technology to address social issues, political issues. How do you use your platform to bring about change in the ways that you see fit? Me personally, I don't really. I kind of just tweet about sports and <laughs> and things yeah, I like. Too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so I'm trying to make everyone a Baltimore fan. But uh, yeah, Joel's a Joel's a real social justice warrior at the moment, and you know he'll speak his mind and tweet whatever he wants. And you know we are all kind of lefties, if you will. But yeah, I mean, I I just try and stay away from that in this climate because everyone's just so divided. It's really sad to see. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all for like, you know, everyone having equal rights and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, I just kind of talk about sports instead. Hey, you know what? You got to enjoy life too. So what's up for Amity after this tour? Honestly, I think we've got a couple of festivals. Sorry. We've got a couple of festivals in uh, Australia for download. And then we're going to do a festival run in Europe and then... uh, Australian tour later on in the year. So, yeah. Well, stay tuned for much more from the Amity Affliction. This is Jackie. Thanks to In the Key of Change and Substream Magazine.
Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.